Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Thunder Rosa, and Tommy Dreamer talk about the historic show of All In this past Sunday. Get the unique on-hand perspective of our very own Thunder Rosa and obviously some things have happened outside of just what happened in the ring and to talk about that Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso joins us right now on the Busted Open Podcast Both you Tommy had a very big weekend Thunder you had a very big weekend we want to recap everything that happened over the weekend because it was historic for sure. Great yeah. NXT last night. We have two pay-per-views coming up this weekend. So, Thunder, definitely a lot to get into on a Wednesday. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, uh, guys, I miss you guys very, very much on Friday. But we know uh, we had very unfortunate uh, situations happening. And, uh, you know, it made, me, it made me reflect a lot when I was in, in, in London about the beauty of life and how important it is to... Uh, regardless of what's happening around you, the circumstances that you you're dealing with, how important it is to enjoy the moment, especially when you're we're talking about professional wrestling, um, because it puts everything in perspective, perspective, and you can lose everything in in one moment, and just you know getting to see how you know why it passed away, and it really it just just it hit me, it hit me hard, and um, and this weekend was. Wembley in, in, in Wembley in London. And um, I don't know. I cannot tell you how I couldn't believe that I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and, uh, I, I was so grateful to be there because I was one of the very few people that got to experience this. And, and the fact that it was only Penta and I, the only Me- Mexicanos representing our, our people, it was even bigger. You know, I was not in the ring. But I had the opportunity to have first row and call every single match from the beginning of the show to the end. Um, I cannot tell you how electrifying, how exciting, how difficult at times it was to like wanted to jump in the ring and feel the energy like of everyone. And there was a lot of moments that really uh, like made it for me when I saw Sarah's mom. Uh, and I, she remembered me and she she get, she embraced me so hard before the show started. And then when they came out as, as a family, it's just like the perfect, you know, circle after, you know, all her career in WWE. And, 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 and now she was coming with her people, with her family, her whole family. And she won the championship there. That was this very special moment for her. So 
and there was so many, so many things. Uh, the fans were absolutely amazing. I never seen that many people in my life in one place. I I don't know. It's just I mean, London is such a like crowded place just to start. And oh, geez, it was it was well organized. I would say. I think if it was Mexico, I would have gotten like smashed, touched, and everything. <laughs> but there it was. It was just. It was incredible. Um, I mean, I don't know, David. I don't know if you want me to like elaborate more later, or do you just want me to tell like spill the beans everything. In, well, about- no, I, th- I think we're gonna we're we're gonna talk a lot about it, and I wa- I definitely want to hear some stories under some firsthand accounts of being there, because, like you said, you were there right in the front. You did Spanish commentary for it, so like you know, a lot of people have done commentary for pro wrestling shows. Yes. But you did it in the biggest pro wrestling show, you know, yes. the high, you know, the most uh, attended pro wrestling show. And, you know, people throw out facts and figures all the time. But according to everything that I've read, there was 80 over 81,000 paid and approximately 90,000, you know, after comps and everything else, there was approximately 90,000 in attendance. And and Tommy, I mean, you know, you think about it, you know, we grew up at a time when. Again, like I remember Texas Stadium had 42,000 fans and that was like, oh, my God, like, you know, you just never seen anything like that. Now, you know, over the course of just the month of August, two shows, SummerSlam for the WWE and then all in for AEW, you have over 145,000 fans between those two shows. Like, Tommy, we're seeing historic numbers when it comes to the world of pro wrestling right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the show was good. The yes. show uh, held my attention. Um, it had something for everyone, but overall the show was good. And at times it had the feel of, it had a big, big like Super Bowl feel, but then it also had like, <clears throat> I don't want to say like, it's hard to explain. Like ECW had this, this tight bond of their fans and the interaction, we were in smaller venues. And even though, the venue was so big. It did had that, like, this is just a straight up AEW themed show. And like their fans were so happy and connected to be a part of that show. If I could, you know, try to explain what I'm thinking. Um, the energy was great. I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, when, when you talked about uh, Soraya coming out with her family, I thought that was an awesome moment. Then I'm also like, wait, is she coming out to queen? And I'm like, money is just no object (laughs) for a good time or for the wrestling fans. And, you know, it's Tony is a wrestling fan. Tony's I call him Tony brain. Uh, Tony sometimes totally nuts, but he goes all out for the show. You cannot say that that show was not like where it should be and how many fans there should, um, you know, be attendance, all that stuff. Bully and I were talking when we were in uh, Toronto for the weekend and, and Thunder, you know, for the, for the last few days, like the world was, we were united. When I say the world, the wrestling world, um, we're united with sadness. And then, coming into it like you know smackdown was was a sad show was also a good show and then um you know the wembley show was was really like felt good and then 
like there's everybody being united, everybody being like starting to celebrate. And Dave, I mean, you you lost it on the air. You were, you know, you were down. We were all down. And then you, I saw you had your celebration with the Hall of Fame. And I'm like, man, this is how it should be. Everybody's getting along. And then the moment that attendance number got out, everyone went bonkers again. Where yeah, it's like, it's... and I'm like, who cares? Like, do we not, we we're not even 24 hours past everybody just being united. And then everyone's just going nuts about an attendance number. What it was, what it wasn't. What it was was special. And yes. like said, Dave, we're living in special times and enjoy them because I've seen the business change firsthand as a professional wrestler. And it's changed for, you know, yes, there's good, but yes, there's bad. But the biggest thing is it's good because there's more options for you, mm -hmm. the wrestling fan. And that's who we appeal to. You, you made a really good point, Tommy, and I want people to understand the magnitude of this show. When you get there and you see the amount of people and knowing that in England, in England, London, a lot of the shows are very small. Maybe you have max 500, 1,000, and then you see a show of, you know, completely filled with people that love professional wrestling. Let's enjoy this moment. Let's enjoy the fact that professional wrestling is, in fact, a little bit more mainstream than it's ever been. And people are not afraid to say that they're wrestling fans. They're not ashamed to say they're wrestling fans because it's cool to be a wrestling fan. But what is not cool is like what exactly what you said is after that number came out, everybody just, you know, bickering and talking or whatever. Something amazing happened on Sunday. And I was part of it. And 81,000 people were part of it too. And it was history. And I, re and I remember we were at the, at the pub afterwards. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, do you understand what this means for everyone? The possibilities for everyone in professional wrestling. I was telling that to my manager, Tony. And it was just, again, it made me realize how lucky I am to be in professional wrestling right now at this moment, instead of like 20 years ago. And that I was part of it, that 81,000 people were part of it. That a lot of my peers were, were part of it. And, um, and I'm excited because when, when they announce that we're going back next year, I'm like, oof, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and you know, I, I don't want to harp on it too much because then it's just feeding into the negativity in a lot of way. But yeah. what Tommy said was 100% right. Like last week was such a tough week. And, you know, losing a legend and then losing somebody who's only 36 years old. I, it, it was heartbreaking last week. I mean, Terry Funk and Wyndham Rotundo and the losses. And we and like Tommy said, those two shows. First of all, Tommy, again, thank you for doing both those shows, because I know you were exhausted emotionally after the show on Thursday. And then you had to do it again uh, with me on Friday and you weren't even scheduled to work. But I appreciate you doing that. It was just it was very taxing and it was very emotional and it was very tough to do. And yeah. we really bonded together as a community. And it's like, wow. And I, I thought well, the one good thing to come out of all this heartbreak is that as a community, we came together when we needed each other and we grieved together. And then, like you said, Sunday afternoon, boom, like everything, like, you know, like everything, well, flashback to, you know, 
Like it's just I I don't understand. And and I know because I lived it. Tommy, as you know, nobody was a bigger NWA fan than I was when I was younger. I was a big NWA fan, big AWA fan. I wasn't a big fan of the WWF. That wasn't my cup of tea. But when I watched WrestleMania 3 and I saw that mass of people at the Pontiac Silverdome, I was like, wow. And I was like, this is awesome. There... I, I don't understand like whether you're a fan of AEW or a fan of the WWE or whatever, how you can't just be happy that this that Sunday was a win for professional wrestling. Why people have to say, Oh, come on, give me a break, look at these and people actually doing like blowing up pictures of like a uh, like three empty seats and this I, I it's ridiculous that why people can't just take a win. And us as together just celebrate pro wrestling like we should have been doing on Sunday. When uh, Thunder talked about, um, you know, she was reflective about herself and where how she got there and, you know, where are two of her biggest fans been in her corner forever. Uh, for me, I'm getting more reflective because of loss and then appreciative of what I have. Um, I said it to certain people Sunday. Uh, I said it to Trinity. I said, man, I just heard, uh, you know, Mercedes is in uh, attendance, you know, uh, and, you know, there's a big buzz about her. And tonight you're main eventing a pay-per-view. And I go, think of where you were when you did not want to be in wrestling and look at the both of you now. Like, and I was like, that's some feel the glow shit right there. Yeah. I yeah. said it to another wrestler who won his match. I said, think of, and he was in, lost his job. And I said, think of where you were under a year ago. He goes, yeah, ma'am. And he goes, I had some bad, bad times. And look where you're today. And he goes, it's awesome. And when all the wrestlers were, we were a bunch of wrestlers from another company watching the show, people on their phones, and we're just watching matches. I watched yeah. Jericho and Osprey with about five people from impact wrestling and we're all popping for it. And I'm like, man, look at Chris go. He could still go. Yeah. And we're not watching as the old school competition where, Oh, we got it. We're watching cause we're happy and we're celebrating for people who are in our industry. It, it happens all the time. Who's watching. And it's not like, put that down. What, you know, put that away. It's, Oh shit. Where are they? How's the house? Blah, blah, blah. blah. These are wrestlers watching their, their industry and 99% of us are all happy That's about true. how the business is. That is so true. And you're not talking about what you were saying too. I'm just going to add this. I said to myself, if anybody comes and complains about something that happened during the show, like somebody that was in the show participating, I'm going to be like, you need to shut your mouth and be thankful that you are doing something super special and you're performing in front of all these people I was like not having it with some people so um and it, it was beautiful to see some and talk to some that performed that night and how nervous they were and how happy they were um because some of them there they did their return there some of them were doing something that they'd never done before um some of them became champions 
and and they represented so much. I, I spoke to Bowen and I told him how special for me his one was because of what he represents and how good of a person he is. And that moment was beautiful, especially when um there was all the fans with the sisters up. It was such a beautiful moment, um, guys. And and it's just like it reminded me when we were in COVID and when they were like, you know, trying to like oh, place themselves point. in in this business and where they are now. Or Billy Gunn, who is like one of our veterans and had an opportunity to like enjoy this moment or sting, like coming out with Seek and Destroy from Metallica and like still like kill it out there in probably one of the biggest houses he's ever been, you know? And it's just like, like from 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 the guys that are, you, you know, just starting to, to that, it really made me feel so good about what happened on Sunday. And like, I can't wait for more moments like this too for other people and even hopefully for myself, you know, but if it's not, I'm, I'm happy to be, I'm just happy to be there and working and being part of the show, which is so important. And just like having that, uh, like thirst for, for like create creative professional wrestling to create something in the ring. So it's just, it was so amazing. And I hope every fan that were there, they can see themselves when they were little kids, you know, watching things on TV. And now they were part of like the biggest show in the whole entire world. Well, I, I and and Tommy, I saw your face when Thunder was talking three years ago. This on, on this date three years ago, there were no fans anywhere. You know, we were locked in our homes. You know, we weren't able to to attend any events. And Tommy, you and I were doing shows, wondering will we ever see an arena full of uh, fans again, much less a stadium full of fans again. And then you fast forward three years later, and you have a show like we had at Wembley in front of over, you know, around 90,000 people in attendance. Think about that. Like, you know, I, I know a lot of times people have short memories, but three years ago, there were no fans at all anywhere. And okay. now we have all this mass of humanity at an event. Like, you, you can't lose sight of that. It was just three years ago, Tommy. Uh, I don't. Um, Eddie Edwards had sent me, 29 years ago to the day I got caned, which really was help, you know, starting my career. And then I remember like they weren't chanting ECW yet. It was, I wasn't over with the crowd. My career was just beginning. I was physically getting beaten down with a real Singapore cane. And at that moment, I didn't realize it. The moment he sent me that and I watched it, I was just like, holy crap. Like it felt like it was yesterday. And my entire, like, I'm at the end of my career. I'm not at the beginning anymore. And, you know, these are moments that, like Thunder said, man, I was there. Think of WrestleMania uh, at the at Pontiac. You know, if you were there as a fan, think of how many people, like, they go back to when they say, um, you know, what wrestlers were there. I know the first WrestleMania, me and Guido, the only two wrestlers to ever be at WrestleMania one and to make it to WrestleMania. Like there's going to be a fan there who was a fan. And then hopefully they can make it to Wembley because when they announced they're coming back, I loved it because I was like, this is just not a one shot anomaly. Like everyone said it was going to be because every time and we could break on this, every time there's been anything of question, And there's been a lot with AEW. They've kind of always responded. 
This is former UFC champion Chris Weidman. Do you want to feel what it's like to get in the octagon with me? Right now, we are bringing the hardest-hitting MMA talk on the planet to your podcast feeds with Won't Back Down, a SiriusXM podcast. Every Monday, I'm speaking my mind and taking you inside combat sports like no one else. Every tap, every snap, and whatever else is on my mind. Download Won't Back Down right now on SiriusXM, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Won't Back Down. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. That's mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash bustedopen. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. It's my favorite writer from Sports Illustrated, from SI.com slash wrestling, the one and only Justin Barrasso. Justin, good morning, and thank you so so much for the time today. We truly appreciate yeah, thank, it. Thank you for having me back. I, I mentioned uh, off the air, I'll say it on the air too, I thought the uh, coverage, it's what helps, and obviously I'm a fan of the show, and uh, what what that coverage last week, and it was such a devastating week, and you look at people like Thunder Rosa or Mark Henry or Tommy, who's his whole adult life's been in wrestling. The the passion, the compassion and compassion you had for for a couple of fallen stars was, um, especially for those of us grieving. Even if you didn't know Bray, he was in your life every week. If you didn't know Terry Funk, he's been in your life for decades. Uh, it was such a so well done. It's what makes you guys uh, so special with Busted Open. No, Justin, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, and you do such a great job. Again, si dot com uh, slash wrestling, and you cover our sport and. You know, Justin, you're one of the credible writers when it comes to the being a journalist in the world of pro wrestling. And you do it, obviously, on the biggest stage for Sports Illustrated. You know, you know, you see a lot of talk and a lot of chatter. And it seems like it happens each and every week. How hard is it for you as somebody who's a credible person in this media uh, to kind of just navigate through it all? I think that's kind of the joy of it too. I mean, I, I think, and you guys were talking earlier this morning about, and, and I think Tommy joked about what would I, oh, he told the story about what would have happened back in his era if, if there'd been a leak. Some of these leaks feel instantaneous, not just using all of it as an example of what happened, but you know, most people, if they're, if they're talking to you, most people have an agenda of some kind, right? Your sources. So it's sifting through that. And I've, I've made mistakes in my, my career too. And uh, no one's perfect, but I think just trying to, for the sake of your readers, 
try if someone's going to click on your story on the internet which is like the wild west you could find so many different things to read uh making sure you're getting it as right as possible making sure it's the right story talking to as many people as possible even yesterday there were details i left out of that story that i think would have been i don't want to say salacious but juicy i just couldn't get them verified you can't give people to me i i wouldn't be doing my job if i if i didn't have it and i'm not questioning anyone else but me personally if i couldn't get it uh verified so that's that's the the beauty of this all i mean uh, the the joy of it and obviously there's certain things that the wrestlers don't want out there and, and trying to get that out there or and there's certain things we we certainly want to read about so to me it's i mean loving pro wrestling and uh watched it for uh, still watch it too much and for too long um it's a joy to cover the world of pro wrestling and uh especially getting to know the pro wrestlers too people who are Tommy Dreamer is not a character, right? Tommy Dreamer is a man. Thunder Rose is not a character. Thunder Rose is a proud person who's making a career in pro wrestling. So uh, distinguishing, too, that these are people behind the characters, I think is, a, I try to make it an important part of my coverage. You know, uh, you Justin, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tommy. You, no, you have no. a question? No, you go first. No, I'm just looking at the amount of work that you have published in the last five days. You're writing between two to three articles a day. How difficult it is for you to like, like you're saying, uh, getting all the sources and getting all these reports and getting some of the stories are like stories, of course, but some of them are reports. How difficult it is for you to like be able to like write th that much in such a short amount of time? Great question. I, you know, to me, I, I don't know. And I don't want to, I, I don't live in your world. I cover it. But to me, it's, I'm guessing it's similar to, to if you had, were asked to work two or three matches in a day or in, in, a, in a stretch, it's, it's a joy. Like I love covering pro wrestling. It's so much fun to unearth different aspects. Uh, today, you know, it wasn't my favorite story to write the Bray Wyatt one in trying to do justice to a, if anyone Googles and his name pops up and, you know, a memorial piece, tomorrow's piece on Terry Funk. So I think that's a John Moxley piece tomorrow. And, and Mox gives some great stories of working with Terry Funk on their raw appearance from what, uh, six years ago. Most of it's fun. I mean, even the stuff that isn't fun, if you have a passion for it and, um, To me, it's an honor to have the Sports Illustrated name attached to, and you call it a great sport, and it is, attached to pro wrestling. And I think people on the outside, and it's always funny in the newsroom when the wrestling stories are top number one. It's always like, ah, oh, I'm surprised. I'm not, but I always hear somebody say, Barrasso, I'm surprised that's so high. Or a piece that did really well years ago that, that always resonated with me was a Dustin Rhodes piece. And he wasn't doing much on the air. And Dustin Rhodes, another guy who's been in my life since I was – in middle school, right? So writing about someone like him and sharing maybe a different part of his story that people didn't know, because Dustin's fought through so much. And Cody's story is so special, but Dustin's was, it's some is very different. So to me, shining a light on areas that that haven't always been lit, um, it's not work. It's it's a privilege and a joy to do this. Uh, my question, <clears throat> like with Dave, uh, Dave went from hosting this show Uh, once every once a week, Dave, or once every two weeks. Once once right? a week for an hour. Yeah, and you know, for you, Justin, because I have known you for a long time as well, and you trying to at first like get articles about wrestling and bring it to, him. but now you look at it and it's just like next level for you. This is a full time job, right? Right. Yeah, I've been with SI since 2014, and how has that progression been? for you because of how big wrestling is as well as passionate wrestling fans 
Another great question. Andy Gray, who was, uh, I mean, there's, you never work alone. Uh, at least I haven't. And, and you look at Dave, Hall of Famer, Dave LeGrec, and look at the people he surrounds himself with. Like, you know, the uh, iron sharpens iron. But Andy Gray is a name that sticks out. Um, maybe Andy liked me because I was a fellow, another Massachusetts kid. Um, but he just, he liked the idea of covering wrestling for Sports Illustrated. Andy always had a different kind of approach. Um, you know, what's the old Paul Heyman line? Zig, where you, zag, where you zig, zig, where you zag. Andy had that, that approach, and Andy Gray was so smart, and, and still is, um, about covering wrestling and doing it in a different way and doing a weekly piece. And I think Tommy, too, you know, it's funny. I think the first time we really sat down and talked, I remember it It was in Lowell at the um, building where Shawn Michaels lost his smile. It was a TNA show, and we were in the back, kind of on a staircase. And I remember a security guard came over and said, you guys can't be here, and very politely you told him you were Tommy Dreamer and you could do whatever you, you pleased. And he, he left us be, but we did a great story. And we talked about baseball and we talked about your roots and we talked about your mother and we just did, you know, it wasn't a, maybe what pro wrestling coverage to me, there's so much good stuff out there and it's evolved so much over the last 10, 12 years, which is great. Um, but I think that that's the key. It's that the dirtiest secret in my job <laughs> is that I've got a fascinating, uh, compelling group of subjects. I mean, I remember we were during the pandemic doing a piece with uh, Ferg, uh, Finn Balor and uh, on how he just watched Seinfeld for the first time. And the piece did, I, I'll never forget people emailing me from, from SI saying, I can't believe this is getting clicks. Finn Balor is a really compelling subject. Doesn't surprise me at all. And, and to get a different layer of who he is or just, you know, there's so many examples like that too of guy, the Cody Rhodes pieces. I mean, Cody Rhodes to me is a star that should be in Sports Illustrated. Roman Reigns getting him in the magazine after WrestleMania 35. That was a, a, a real moment of pride, too, because it's so hard to get wrestling in the magazine. Um, so, again, I think that uh, I hope people, when they read it, know that we're kind of in this together, right, to, to unearth different. Not every story is a positive one. You try to obviously shine some lights on the areas that deserve it, uh, point out the things that maybe couldn't prove. But, no, I mean, I, it, it's just such a – it's pro wrestling. It's – it's a colorful world, and uh, sometimes you feel bad for those the ones who aren't fans, right? Because uh, we have, you know, we're so lucky to be involved in this. I agree, and and you know, this past weekend, and like you said, last weekend was so tough for all of us. We grieved together as a community, a pro wrestling community. But he had the big show on Sunday for AEW with All In. You know, eighty one thousand paid attendees for that show, Justin. But unfortunately. Uh, which is life, you know, people are talking about what happened before All In started as opposed to All In itself. Like, what have you been able to do? Because, again, I wanted to speak to you about it because you are somebody that's a credible journalist and you do verify all your information. What exactly, you know, is going on with that situation? What's the latest with Punk right now with AEW? I know investigation started, uh, suspensions pending the review, yeah, it's interesting. You talk to different people. No one really has answers because a lot of it's, you know, they're working with legal too. But in terms of how quickly can they turn this around? Um, I wrote today more more uh, subjective or more opinionated piece in today's call on the second note. Like, could you employ the Major League Baseball style of appealing the suspension? Have Punk wrestle this weekend? I mean, to me, as a wrestling fan, as someone who covers wrestling, I would love to cover a show on Sunday that has CM Punk on the card. And I don't know in what capacity to me, it doesn't matter. He opened the show in London, but that match was fantastic. I think the, yes. the most underrated part of the punk comeback 
this one, the past one. Punk's still really good in the ring, and he's not the same guy that he was. Man, I mean, some of the stuff he's done on Collision, I, I thought his singles match with Joe in the um, uh, Owen Hart tournament was probably better than the one we saw on Sunday, but the Sunday one had the pop and circumstance. Uh, I think you want CM Punk. You, you you want CM Punk on that card. To me, you need CM Punk on that card. Does that cause problems in the locker room? Because it seems like there's a real divide there. And uh, Rosa would know better than I'm being there, but it seems like there's a, such a real divide between the Punk people and uh, the ones that aren't Punk people. So, and it all goes back to the brawl in the locker room. Um, I don't know. I, I think that to me, and then do you ruffle feathers if? If this investigation is done a lot quicker than the last one was at some point, what's best for business. Uh, I think you need your stars on this show. I don't know if you can trust Phil Brooks. And I think you certainly can. He's a proven superstar. If you can trust him with a live mic in the ring, I would have him wrestle on Sunday. I would have him. I don't even think you need him on collision, but considering the shows in Chicago, I know card subject to change is a uh, uh, part of the fabric of pro wrestling, but I would have punk there personally wrestling on Sunday, and if you can't, maybe they need to reevaluate things. But, uh, Justin, and we've talked about it a lot this morning, you know, and you've been around sports for so long. Not every team, the players get along, but they are able to just put it together, work as a team, and succeed. We've seen that throughout the history of sports, baseball, football, basketball. There's got to be a way with AEW right now, first of all, that – Unfortunately, the timing of this couldn't have been worse because it's the biggest event in the history of your company, and the company hasn't been around that long. But my gosh, I mean, the amount of people that were there on Sunday was crazy. But can't Justin they just find a way to just like get along and just kind of focus on the goals that are ahead of them instead of all this drama that seems to be clouding everything around them? I made sure to make a note of this in yesterday's report. But the Punk Joe match, and I don't think we're in the minority. I, I thought was was very good. Yes, uh, you know, again, it helped that the crowd was red hot. It was just a, to me, it was a, a, a true pro wrestling match. And that's moments after these guys had just had the issue backstage, the altercation backstage, which Joe was a part of helping calm. Right? Yep. To me, that tells you these guys can work on. I mean, I think we already knew that they could work under duress. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's tricky because pro wrestling is always played by a sort of different set of rules uh, as it's gone mainstream now, more coverage, different coverage. I agree. Uh, this stuff happens in every sport. Guys don't get along. Uh, and then they go on the ice together. They go on the court together. They go on the field together afterward. I think, too, for, for AEW, and, and I'm not complaining because it's a, it's a really a fascinating story to report on, but these instantaneous leaks, that's something that they could probably internally, that's something to work on. I mean, this stuff's happening, getting out in almost real time. That's yes. internally. I, again, I, I'm happy to cover it. And I think it's it's great to give a lens or a view to the viewer or to the reader of what's happening backstage. Um, but I'm sure things that we don't know about happen in WWE too all the time. Uh, we just don't know about it. And it's, it's harder to break through those walls in terms of coverage. But... I still think you have to have punk wrestle. I think they're professionals. I think even the guys that he's has to be disagreeing with. There's been certain things I've disagreed with. I didn't like the promo on Hangman Page. To me, that's a low blow. He wasn't there to defend himself. Um, but I don't know if you have punk working with the right guy. To me, it always goes back to why do you guys wrestle? Why did 
look at look at Wembley. It's the fans. Why does this show exist? Because people tune in. To me, it's it's a you owe it to your fan base to put on the best show possible. I have a hard time explaining how that wouldn't include Phil Brooks starring as CM Punk. Um, I watched on a celebrity VH1 show. Dennis Rodman had to play in a playoff game with a guy he found out the night before slept with his wife. And he played on the same team as him. And he was just like, I had to be focused. I wanted to kill the guy, but I had to be focused on uh, the game because of the team. Um, blew my mind. But then I was just like, holy crap, where I'm just finding out about this today. Like a scene at a major league with uh, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, anyway, uh, you're, I said that earlier about there's leaks and those leaks need to be, uh, curtailed. Um, I'm friends with Jeff Perlman, uh, his famous sports illustrated article kind of put him on the map. Uh, his article about John Rocker became, uh, you know, really, really in there became an, uh, you know, award-winning, uh, author. Now he helped with, um, the HBO show about the, uh, Lakers. And, um, you know, for you, do you have a favorite interview? Oh, that's so hard. Um, so I asked these questions. Yeah. (laughs) No, not just because she's, but I mean, uh, when I was on the phone with Rosa and that was kind of before she went full-time with AEW, um, I remember her breaking down about her past and her journey and, to be even part of that, right? A small, a small piece of that. The same thing in Boston a couple of weeks ago when UFC 292 and asking Aljamain Sterling about his team and his, his journey and his and Aljo broke down. Aljo's one of the toughest men in the world, right? And he broke down and cried. And it, it, to be able to share these moments, favorite interviews, tough though. Um, you know, I'll give you one though, because it was such a it was so different than I expected, but I was doing a piece. It was the piece I was trying to pitch to all these different publications um, years and years ago. It was on Randy Sa- the life of Randy Savage. It, it took different variations, the story. But um, if you've ever worked with Lanny, you'd never forget Lanny Popo. I mean, Lanny would send me videos of or messages of his poems. And um, even if I'd already heard them, he'd want me to hear them again. And he wrote a Ted Williams one. They were special. And Lanny was, Lanny was um, I mean, it's the genius, right? This guy's calling you to share his poetry the least I can do is listen. And um, I asked him, I said, Oh, it'd be really nice to include an interview from your mother. And he said, no, she doesn't, she's off limits. And then we kept speaking and uh, he called me back and said, you could, you could speak with, with Judy. And uh, we probably spoke for, I remember exactly where I was. I remember the afternoon. It was almost like it was over the phone, but it was almost like you were sitting and having tea with your grandmother. And we talked about Randy Poffo and his marriage and how it fell apart and him as a son and the boys together and, and her view of the journey. And it was just this like soul rocking stuff. I mean, I know the macho man. I love the macho man. Right. But to hear it wasn't the macho. She never once called him the macho man. That's about her son, Randy. And uh, to me, it was, again, I'm not doing my job if I'm not respecting the person behind the character. And that's uh, to me very early on Judy, the late Judy Poffo kind of uh, embedded that in me. These are not just Thunder Rosa isn't just a character on screen. When you write these stories, there's people behind it. And again, I wrote stories where the person called up after and said, Justin, like, I didn't appreciate this. And you talk it through and it's all part of the process. Um, But I think the reason I'm still here, the reason I have the contacts I do is because of that respect. 
Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.